Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George, and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys Connor. Hello. And Benny. Hello, everybody. Guys, we're back on YouTube. Hey. The camera's set up, ready to go. <laughs> and it took us no time at all. None. We've got to start wearing clothes again. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But yes, guys, so if for all those listening through Apple Podcasts, you can also go check out these episodes on YouTube, uh, and we'll be maintaining this moving forward, right, guys? Right? Every single week for the rest of forever. That's, that's it. Yep. In perpetuity. There we go. <laughs> all right. So we've got a lot of talk about this week, tons of trailers, lots of news. But before we get into that, let's catch up on what everyone's been watching, Connor. All right, so in my quest to finish up the Marvel Netflix universe, I finished Luke Cage season two. Okay. Um, that I really enjoyed it. I think a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I I liked where they took the character. I especially liked where he ended up. Um, I don't know. Have either of you finished season two yet? Nope. You haven't made any progress on it, Ben? Nope. Um, it does suffer from the same thing that every single one of those um, series suffers from, which is at some point you're like, does this need to be 13 episodes? I mean, they could have definitely gotten away with like a 10 episode thing. Every one of those Netflix series has at least one point where you, you suddenly are like, oh shit, I'm still, I'm yeah. still watching this. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, I mean, for a second there. there's only so many similar situations or so many like convoluted conversations these characters can have with each other so many times claire can be like stop this yeah (laughs) and everyone's like no before you're like all right well this doesn't seem to be going anywhere like we we seem to be in a bit of a rut um but having said that i think that the character and characters in this were really well developed um i liked like i said i liked where they took luke cage i liked how they um uh yeah, I, I just I generally liked where they went with him. Not having um, seen it, I'd, I'd, I think I'd love it if just every season ended up with him back in jail. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have to break him out in some other series. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed um, what they did with the the villain, um, uh, Bushmaster. And I'm mm. trying to remember. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go look up the guy's name. Um, but uh, it's not what I expected them to do with him. Um, Do they put him in a super-powered suit, like Cottonmouth? <laughs> what is whatever his name was? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> they don't do that, because that, be, that would be terrible. Um, but was, no, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I liked, again, where they went with him. Nice. Um, so, because I finished Luke Cage, means I started Iron Fist, Ooh. which is the next in the series. Now, this, was gonna, this is the one that was really interesting to me, because... This is the one that got you back into them. It is. Amazingly enough. Um... And so the first episode that I watched was a bit cringy. Mm. Um, the guy that plays Danny, he's just, he's not great. No. You know, I think that, I, I don't think that he had a good script to go with last time. And I, I don't think that he obviously had the preparation in terms of choreography. But um, even with those things kind of fixed up a little bit for this for this season, which they, I think they have, they've put a little bit more time and effort into that. Um, at the end of the day, he's just not charismatic. Mm. He's n- he doesn't really have good chemistry. Um, yeah, I, does- I, I, the only thing I've seen him in is Defenders, and because I haven't seen any of the Iron Fists, and he seemed very plain and bland. Yeah, and not not the most sort of inspired casting you've ever seen. No, and I mean he plays one thing really well. He pay- plays like innocent and just genuinely well intentioned. Which, dumb. 
well, but yeah, yeah. also dumb mm. really well. Um, which I guess that is part of the character, but that it's very one-sided. Like he just seems to be this overly, overly optimistic kind of, yeah. Having said that, all the quips with him, the storyline with Colleen and Misty, the side uh, storyline with that is hectic. Love that. Colleen Wing has probably the best fight choreography um, there's a scene where she's fighting two other people. Um, that's the best choreography I might have seen in the Marvel um, Netflix universe. I think uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, sure not, need to all take a break. Next up, we should just have Daughters of the Dragon. It should be them. They have a series. Everyone else can be a supporting character for once. Easily. Because uh, we've already had like 26 hours of everyone else. That's enough yeah for now oh i I would watch um a series of them i think that we should focus more on punisher i think we should focus more on them so the daughters of the dragon is it just misty and and colleen yeah yeah i, I would watch a series with them mm. any day of the week because mm. that that they are i'd say probably the best part of this um so far i also like um the villain in this and i can't remember his name um danny's brother um oh, yeah. it's relatively compelling um, certainly more compelling than the last one, um, and I like uh, I like that they still have Warden there, so he's he's a big part of this. Oh, as well. good, yeah. Um, and it was the only, my only real takeaway from season one was how much I liked Ward. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> and so I think that they did a really good job of um, bringing him into the fold and and giving him um, actual development, yeah, cool. which I think is really good. So, what episode are you up to? Um, I think probably about five or six. I, I'd say it's it's hard to keep track. Okay, so like I don't halfway tearing through. Yeah. There's only yeah, 10 probably. episodes in this season, isn't there? Uh, there might be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't pay attention to that because like, I'm, I'm one of those binge watchers, so I'll just like stop watching yeah, right. when I run out of time and, and just pick, off, pick up when I, yeah. when I get back to it. So I think I'm at about episode four or five. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so that's, that's my update on the, the Netflix Marvel universe. Great. And it's, we've got a trailer to talk about a bit later. We do, yeah, yeah. Dovetail. Which I think we're all very keen for. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to go next. All out. For you, Benny. Okay. I watch Hold the Dark, that uh, Netflix oh, yeah. horror mystery thriller starring Jeffrey Wright mm. uh, and Alexander Sarsgaard. From Jeremy Saulnier. Yep, who did Green Room. Mm. Yeah. So uh, just to remind me, because one of you didn't really like the trailer all that much. Yeah, that was me. That was you? Okay. I thought it looked a lot like Wind River. Mm. And in the end... It's a lot like Wind River. <laughs> it's just recontextualized, but mm. some of the themes are very similar. Mm-hmm. The the obviously the scenery and the photography in Alaska is great, and this film has a it's shot beautifully. It's got a very, very, very nicely put together atmosphere look. The the soundscapes as well used in it create a very deeply layered atmosphere that works. Very, very, very effective. Very, Mm. very effective. Um, The only problem is like the characters and everything is a little bit, it's just lacking Mm. a certain uh, something where the storyline has a lot of different elements to it, but it doesn't really come together. Uh, I I didn't feel it came together and uh, it sort of was quite, it's like in the end, to me, it seemed like quite a good exercise in tone, atmosphere, but not the best execution of story and narrative. Interesting. Uh, but uh, how does it rate on like the kind of the suspense horror level? 
gets to some really great scenes, some really creepy scenes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it almost some part, like the front half was really impressing me as I was watching it. It almost reminded me a bit of uh, something like The Exorcist or something where you're going, you know, you know, in The Exorcist, how it goes to, I think it's in Iraq and they go to the excavation. Mm. You know, it's just like, it, it's sort of darting around the globe and there's a little bit of that in this, which which was, I, I was, it sort of added a layer of intrigue to, the, to that point in the film. Yeah. But uh, ultimately it didn't quite come together for me. And I would say, go watch Wind River. It, it, a lot of people would say there's no comparison. I can see a bit of a comparison there. Is the comparison in that it's like snow? The, snow? <laughs> Literally snow. Um, to be honest, that's kind of the impression that I got is that you thought it was Wind River because of the setting. You, you know what? There's, as I said, there's uh, there's overlay in Alaska some of the, genre, the <laughs> in the themes. Yeah, and what it's what it's trying to say. I love that um, Wind River movie that um, uh, the guy from Taken did. What? With wolves. Oh, right. <laughs> you couldn't remember Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Oh, <laughs> the Wind River movie. You're so, so eager to get that joke out. And I, 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 Good try, I over, man. I Good try. Because I couldn't remember his fucking name. That would have been so much better if I had thought of Liam Neeson. <laughs> fucking hell. <up. laughs> uh, oh, well, I might give that a look. It was a good try. Yeah, um, give it a look. Let me know. Report in. Will do. Call for duty. Hold on to it. That's it. Cool. Um, I had the pleasure this week of watching uh, Mandy, the new Nicolas Cage mm. film from uh, that guy. And we reviewed the trailer not too long ago, mm. and you and I were very excited for this. Yeah, that was an amazing trailer. Um, Punchy, bold, crazy lighting, cool soundtrack. Stunning to look at. It's, it seemed like a very interesting indie flick. So How was it? The, it? It was an odd experience. And I can't say that I came out immediately in love with it, but man, it stuck with me. And I'd, I'd be very keen to watch it again in a cinema because uh, it's it's a fucking ride. It is so weird, but it is much more than it looked in the trailer to be kind of uh, B-grade exploitation, kind of nutty um, Nick Cage movie. It was really, really quite slow and deliberately paced. Um, and weird... In the sense, like, coherent weird or, um, like, just weird for the sake of weird? Not for the sake of weird. It, it all felt very intentional, but the movie felt like an acid trip, to be honest. Um, it, it was... And it, it was... Incoherent? No, no, no. Just, just like, wacky. Just, like... Uh, Strange musings. More, on... more, more driven by emotion and tone than any kind of, you know... Okay. Plot or action or anything, which... I can get behind those kind of films, though. I think you'd enjoy it, because the, the score, especially, by uh, Johan Johansson, um, Dearly Departed... R.I.P. Um, yeah, was amazing. Right from the get-go, there's just these, like, wailing guitars that uh, it's just... Uh, like a fucking rock and roll yeah. nightmare. It's very cool. I'd love so, to do a tribute episode on that dude because, like that, I reckon he was going to be the next gen Hans Zimmer. Mm. Like he, like some of those atmospheric elements in um, Sicario One. Mm. Like he, he was a talent man. Yeah. So when I, I guess I, I'm trying to get a gauge on what you mean by how weird it was. Like it was it like only God forgives type weird. I haven't seen it. Um, what would you say you would compare it to? It's like just a mi- 
mishmash match mash of so many weird other different influences it's like crazy like it's like someone took you know a, a, a 70s 80s heavy metal album cover yeah. and made a movie out of it and <laughs> cool. like there's weird animated segments that it, sounds it's great it's trippy as shit and it's a really cool experience um it could even be one a good one to watch at home because uh a lot of the audience seemed to be there to laugh with it but i don't know if that's what the movie was going for so it just came across as laughing at it and um i get that with a nick cage movie any nick cage movie but yeah. um i don't know i thought it was really interesting what they were trying to do with with this thing and um i'd be keen to give it give it another go because it's not going to go down as um a movie that i you know absolutely loved from this year but it'll be one i'll never forget from this year it's getting decent reviews it's getting fantastic reviews what's yeah, it sitting it, on uh ron tomatoes is 94 wow um imdb is 6.9 I guess my trepidation is in recommending it. I don't think everyone's going to like this movie very much, but um, it's such an experience and such a different film. It's just really not like anything you've seen for a while. Sounds Do fun. you know one of the producers is Elijah Wood? Yeah, I saw that in the credits when it was starting <laughs> up. I, I love what Elijah Wood's been doing lately. A lot of like weird kind of off-the-beaten-track projects. Mm. Hasn't that been for the past like decade? Well, at least, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that just after he couldn't get a job after Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah, we'll <laughs> niche down, man. Niche yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, get weird. Yeah. Um, cool. Is that a setup? <gasps> is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Welcome to the next segment of the podcast. Well, before before we um jump into that, I'm a, we, we <laughs> sorry. Uh, I realized that uh, we um or I recently uh, did two thirds of the marathon for Lord of the Rings. Speaking of Elijah Wood, oh yeah. Um, so we just had that at the Ritz. That was very um, good fun. Really awesome turnout. Lots of um crowd participation. Um, and I'll be honest, watching like a film that you've watched several times with other people that have watched the same film several times mm-hmm. is actually a really enjoyable experience mm-hmm. because you get the sense that everyone else enjoys the same bits as you do or finds a lot of the you know bits a little bit funny. And it's just a bit of a different experience. So they we had people like laughing out loud like just like clapping and cheering every time a new um hero came up on the screen or um you know when uh when legolas does the uh they're taking the hobbits to isengard people were just fucking losing their shit mm-hmm. i thought that was great really cool experience um but beyond that it just seeing it up on the big screen reminds me how fucking good the fellowship of the rings is that is like a master class in how to make film i think like that's just the first one the first one yeah like yeah. It just I've For always so felt, many reasons. I, like, everyone was always like, Return of the King, Return of the King. But I truly believe Fellowship of the Ring is the best in that trilogy. Like, oh. it's such a little complete little... Yeah. In terms of fantasy genre, I think that might be the perfect film. Just every, everything together, like the, the special effects. Just inviting the, you into the world. Yeah. Telling you the backstory. Slow burn. Like it's the only just, one I really have nostalgia for. Yeah, I same. think I had it on VHS when I yeah. was a kid. Mm. I'm exactly the same. Mm. I feel exactly the same. Yeah, I, I, I only stayed for maybe about half an hour of the first film, but uh, it was so fun to hear like people setting up. Certain things. So, like when Gandalf is, first goes in the Hobbit hole, he turns around and he's about to hit his head on the um, the roof. Yeah. And somebody shouts out, "Watch out!" And then, boom, he hits his head. And it was just, it was just so like everyone knew the film so well. Yeah. Like it, it was. You could hear sh- people mouthing the words. Yeah. It was crazy. Like there's like six people around me that were just kind of like talking along to the film. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a really solid turnout as well, about yeah. 500. I don't know if I could people. put up with 12 hours of that. No. <laughs> first one, uh, though, is a masterclass. To be honest, it, it, it did annoy me a little bit at first, but I kind of just went with it. Mm. Although I will say there were certain scenes where not a single person spoke, and I was really appreciative of that. Mm. Like, there's some scenes that you want to be immersed in. So, you know, in the first one, when Gandalf falls off Castle Doom, no one, like, it was just dead silent. Um, so you could tell that these people actually cared about this film because when there was, when there was a moment that you wanted to respect, really be yeah. engaged, and you wanted to have like that emotional connect, people didn't talk. You gotta have respect for Gandalf. Gotta have fucking respect. <laughs> you know, at the end of the first one, when Boromir goes down, not a single fucking peep out of anyone. It was really good. That's impressive because that's about a twenty-five minute scene of him getting shot with arrows. I know it's <laughs> just, just several times. Um, Ten so. million frames a second. That's it. Anyway, on so to now, the news. Yeah, yeah, now we can go on the news. Sorry. Very good. All right. <laughs> Okay. Um, first up, number one, a new uh, PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 will hit theaters on December 21st of this year and will allegedly uh, contain new material. Um, this is an interesting move by Fox. Ballsy yeah. move. So this will, this will be the third version of this film after the theatrical, then the like super extended version on home Blue release. Ray. And now they're releasing it back into theaters uh, many months after the original release. And um, making it more accessible to kids and families, I guess. Yeah, and somebody... Oh, I should have this name written down. I apologize. Uh, somebody from The Princess Bride is going to be shooting some scenes. Well, it's the guy. It. It's the kid. Because there's a photo of him it's sitting the in the bed. Okay. And Deadpool reading him a book. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know if that's just for the announcement they did for this or if that's actually going to be the framing device for this film. Either way, that's very clever. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's very smart, man, because it's like, I want to go see this. I want to see what they do with this film. It's, well, it's genius because it's, um, however cynical you want to be about it, this is them looking after a brand. This is them marketing it towards the future. Like, cause kids already love Deadpool. Um, even though they should not be watching these movies at all, <laughs> but, um, he's a very popular, you know, he's in a lot of the cartoons and stuff, the Marvel stuff. Um, and, Moving forward, all the X-Men stuff's going to get rebooted. All they've got is this character um, in terms of the, all that IP. So this is a really smart move to kind of secure, secure him for years to come. For the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, so all those who have seen Deadpool 2 or who are old enough to have seen Deadpool 2 want to go see this one because there's going to be some new scenes and I, I think that new framing device mm. i'm intrigued i'm really intrigued as a project what they do with that and then also you're tapping in a brand new generation who weren't allowed to go see deadpool 2 because it was an ma one um an ma film which is 15 plus so um well, i think this is really really smart we should I'm mention intrigued. that the reaction has not been as universally positive as us like, yeah people are naturally on the internet pissed as about this i think it's um I don't know. I think this is different. You know, not many people do this. I mean, James Cameron released Avatar, but that was just like with extra 15 minutes. This is edition. like a different rating, uh, new scenes. I mean, it, it could be a very, very different type of film. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how different the product is compared uh, yeah. to Deadpool 2. It would have to be quite different if it's going to be PG-13. Well, there's, there's entire scenes that just don't work unless there's some kind of like gory death. I mean, the whole or, the whole team getting wiped out is is uh, like I don't know how that plays. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, uh, like a whole new film, which is kind of interesting. Deadpool two point five. I can't really think of a comparable precedent for this. 
Mm. So they kind of break a new ground, I think, which is which is cool. And yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool maybe for kids to grow up with this version, and then one day watch the actual version and be like, "Wow, it is an interesting <laughs> idea." To be honest, like yeah. just this idea that you could still have some people watch that film just without the the violence. Mm. I I think it'll be an interesting experiment. Yeah, at the very least. That's it. We don't know how this is going to go. It's kind of hard to criticize before we find out how this really plays and what the what yeah. the final product is. I'm intrigued though. Yeah, you guys, you guys, we, we're going to review this. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, well. I, don't, I don't know if we'll get it over here, but um, I uh, oh, oh, it might only be a US release. I, a lot of kind of smaller yeah, scale theatrical yeah, releases don't true. really come come over here, but uh, very true. Maybe we can catch it on an airplane sometime. <laughs> well, we're heading back to Italy, right, for your wedding next year. Yep, 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 yep. We haven't announced that yet. I'm excited. Yep. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'll edit that out. 20 minutes. <laughs> 32 Don't seconds. Don't forget. Um, at number two, I'll pass this right over to you, George, but uh, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy has renewed her contract for another three years um, as the head of Lucasfilm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what that's a headline. Sorry, you've, 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 you've gotten rid of your uh, Star Wars credentials now. I have no uh, allegiance with this brand. I, say, I, I don't <laughs> no know that I've ever whatsoever. actually asked you because, you know, her name gets, th- uh, you know, dragged through the mud. Controversial figure. Very much so. As anyone would be. How do you guys feel about Kathleen Kennedy? Does, does she even, like, register on your radar when you're thinking about Star Wars? Or I think it's going to be an interesting era to reflect back on. Uh, yeah. these first four or five films that have come out since the acquisition. Uh, Depending on how much they slow down, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think what she's done, and I think you can see that in The Last Jedi, is you, she's kind of let Ryan Johnson run the gauntlet, for better or worse. Mm. You know, I think he did some pretty kind of, you know, different different atypical Star Wars thing <laughs> that JJ didn't necessarily do. JJ went for a much more safe reboot, tap into the original. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson like and she let Ryan Johnson do some some things that we've never seen in Star Wars movies. And a lot of people aren't happy about that. People reacted strongly. Yes. In every direction. Yes. So <laughs> I commend her for that. You know, I commend her I, I think it, you doing, know doing something bold. And are you ever going to be a hundred percent? Like, is it is it going to be a hundred percent clean record looking after the Star Wars franchise? No, there's always going to be people who are disappointed. But on the average whole, like looking at the holistic mm. viewpoint, I think they've had the Force Awakens, the third highest grossing film of all time, um, or fourth highest grossing film of all time, whatever it is. Mm. Um, the Last Jedi, one point three billion rogue one one billion solo didn't go so great but so but it's let's done about, well it's done well let's also think about the alternative if, if for example lucasfilm and, and star wars in general had had uh, remained under the uh, let's say stewardship of george lucas do they th- do you think that we'd still have uh, star wars i think we would have seen a lot more of a similar release to the prequels like we wouldn't have got rogue yeah, one yeah but just or- in terms of films alone like the the um like we wouldn't do you think we'd have gotten anything close to the uh the force awakens and would have it been better worse because i think a lot of people think that that you know better for better or worse she kind of saved star wars 
and doomed the world. <laughs> I feel like the place would be a lot more harmonious if we never got any it's more Star Wars. It's interesting how much how many people love the prequels more now. Like, like yeah. now, people love the prequels. I think people love the prequels because of nostalgia. Like yeah, I, I, I like the prequels in the sense of oh, I remember that when I was a kid. But I watched it in the last couple of years, and they are dog shit films. <laughs> They're not good films. <laughs> I mean, anyone that Attack that, of the Clones is horrendous. Anyone that defends, well, Phantom Menace is horrific. I, I, know, that defen- I don't hate Phantom Menace. Watch, watch it again with like an actual, like a a, a critical eye. That is I did, a I fucking did. Horrific. When, when you're eight, you sit there early days of him being a critic or something. No, no, like, no, no look, do you know what I did? Is I watched Red Letter Media's 90 minute review of it, where he basically plays the movie and he's so you watch someone else's review, and then I went and watched um, Phantom Menace when it was on it in 3D. Do you remember mm. how he released it in how, 3D? How, far, how long ago was And I, lo- I walked out after 20 minutes. I was like, I cannot watch this horse <laughs> shit. Like, it was way funnier when the dude was talking so over wait, how, this, that goes against <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly I know, what I you know. were saying. But now, I've watched it subsequently <laughs> after that very close, you know, that was very specific, very specific Look, uh, what mindset I'm, I was What in. I'm trying to say is that anyone that defends the prequels and then also says that The Last Jedi is like dog shit, like uh, that the way that the Star Wars universe is going yeah, now is of really really bad i might like, just fucking take a step back and, and really think about what you're saying because those prequels are not good films crazy i saw an article the other day i think it was screen rant i'm calling them out it, it said um the last jedi is the anti-phantom menace in that um phantom menace plays fans and not critics and last jedi didn't play like pissed off fans but critics all loved it i'm like that's not how I remember the fan reaction to um to Phantom Menace yeah. back. Yeah, in the wait, day. Yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> that was. Not, <laughs> I'm maybe I'm just remembering a different Star Wars yeah, culture. I, it's interesting to see how this this uh, trilogy will be framed when the next trilogy comes out. Yeah, uh, just quickly as we're talking about Kathleen Kennedy staying on, I just want to name check a few of the things that are in production at this point. Oh yeah, I they said this. they said they're gonna slow down, but what they currently have going on is uh, Star Wars Episode Nine coming up with J.J. Abrams. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, the animated series we'll talk about later. Um, a new season of Star Wars The Clone Wars, the, an- the other animated series. Um, Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy of films. Uh, I don't think not- that's going to happen. Well, th- I'll just run through it all. I don't think any of this is going to happen. Um, a, li- a live action Star Wars TV show developed by John Favreau. Which is uh, supposedly shooting next week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's happening. Um, there's probably going to be TV shows for Disney streaming service, presumably. They'll do something for that. Um, another series of films, um, completely separate from the rest from Game of Thrones, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Yep. Um, and just a whole bunch of other kind of, uh, TV stuff and other potential spinoffs. So I reckon, anyone want to stake dinner this? <laughs> uh, I reckon that John Favreau's Star Wars TV series will debut on Disney Haven't streaming Haven't they said service. as much? They might have. Isn't that the, well, no, then I'm not betting a steak money dinner for that. You've just read an article it's a good and been deal. like. <laughs> so, my prediction is um, uh, Star Wars Episode 9 does come out. Uh, World War 3 starts. Everyone dies. No, yeah, Snoke. There's I, no more Star okay, Wars. Okay, here's, okay, here's a snake dinner. Snake dinner. Snake dinner. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Come over here. Um, uh, a, a steak dinner. Uh, they're gonna go and ret, uh, retcon Snoke. Nothing. I mean, something will be definitely. What do you mean? They were trying to please fans. Clarify what you mean by that. He'll be back. 
there will be some kind of explanation, or he'll be back for some kind of flashback scene, oh, okay. and they he faked will... his own death. <laughs> I tend yeah. to agree with that. I think that they'll they'll give some background on him. I think they'll, and it'll be kind of undoing something about what the Last Jedi was trying yeah. to set up. What do you, or like, what do you mean undoing a... though? Like, I don't know. Uh, they killed him. They didn't like. They're not going to undo him. Maybe dying. maybe he even comes back somehow. Is that what you're saying for the steak dinner? Because you have no. to be specific. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> All right, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we done on Star Wars. Yes, for now. Uh, next up, Birds of Prey. We spoke about last week the um, DC property. We got some casting news. Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been cast as the Huntress, and Journey Smollett Bell has been cast as Black Canary. Um, I know nothing about Birds of Prey. Always vouching for Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Hell yes. Um, she is a treasure. She's so good in um, Fargo season three recently. Okay. I didn't see her in that. Uh, she's, yeah, she's just great. And uh, I've always, she's always kind of like that um, horror, horror sort of B-movie genre stuff. Genre film kind like of girl. Scott Pilgrim, The Thing. Yeah. Uh, tw- 10, Cloverfield. 10 Cloverfield, yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Is it 10? It's 10. 12? 12. 3 Cloverfield Lane. 17. Uh, yeah, so I'm always vouching for her to get into the, you know, the A-list. And I think this is hopefully, you know, the first, you know, a, a solid step into that realm. Yeah, a, a Warner Brothers DC film starring second stringer superheroes. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> really could stepping be. up in definitely the world. Not the way to end, end her career. Could definitely be. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it could I don't definitely know. be. Think before you speak, George. Think <laughs> this. This could be. We we spoke recently about DC kind of moving into the niche of unfortunate niche of uh, doing more female led superhero stuff because no one else is really doing that. Yeah, um, this could be could be a huge step in that direction because um, this will be you know just a whole whole. Bunch Maybe of, it's uh, just my own heroes. cynicism, but I feel like they're doing it with the idea of oh maybe this will stick. Let's just jump on a trend type thing. Hell yeah. Whereas, uh, and, and, and the, the movies might suffer because of that. Um, I, I, think, I think every single you know, producer-driven decision is done cynically. It's all done for money. But when you get the creatives involved, they will do actual, they will potentially will yeah. do actually interesting things with it. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, you know, You've convinced me. <laughs> the, the marketing for Captain Marvel, no one who's... No, like they're doing that very knowingly. Yeah, like you know, watch her here. Yeah, like, what, what was the, the the oh yeah, that was hero. Yeah. Um. Anyway, don't cool. really have anything more to talk about on that. Yeah, neither do I. No, I, I hope that's cool. I'm vouching for it. You know. Yeah. A lot of people are unhappy that a, uh, a presumably non-white person is playing Black Canary. Let's not get into it. Okay. <laughs> so fucking sick of these casting things. Yeah. Um, number four, uh, some good or bad news, who knows? Hellboy's release date has been pushed back three months from January 11th to April 12th. Hopefully this is good. Yeah. Fingers crossed, man. I'm really, really, really hoping this is a cool film. Have we heard anything about this? It's been a while. Look, we got the, the first images of, um, what's his name, David Harbour as Hellboy yeah. a long, long time Maybe ago. Maybe even this time last year. Do we know when they're meant to finish shooting or start shooting? Or like, I, I just have no information about what's been going on with yeah, this Yeah, they've film. been shooting. Like, yeah. I think they, they're in post. I think yeah. they might, there might be a reshoot they or have, something or other coming along. But The last stuff we talked well about would have been casting news, which has been yeah. ages This is 2019. Ago. You know, this is coming up. Yeah. Mm. Um, David Harbour, 
Um, What's the direction name again? Did the descent? Ah, God, <laughs> God damn it! Doesn't matter. It's the director. Oh, yeah. yeah, the descent. Um, Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really keen to see what he's going to do with this. Really property. keen. Um, and it seems like the the dust has kind of settled on everyone being very angry about the Del Toro, the Del Toro trilogy not getting a conclusion. Um, and it was never going to happen. So so whatever. Uh. If they need more time to get this movie right, then that's fine. I'm in no rush to see it. I, I would, I would want to see them do a good job with it. Yep. And uh, Hellboy looks great. I hope this is being pushed back so they have more time to, uh, you know, finesse, tweak. Mm. Uh, I, I actually, to be perfectly honest, I think April's a better time to be releasing Hellboy as well. Definitely, January is a weird. I mean, why would you be releasing Hellboy in January? That's normally like shitty. It's either Oscar, you know, Oscar buzz kind of time, or it's like dumping ground. Yeah, and this would have been going up against something big as well. I can't remember what exactly, but a week later, I think something, some big temple superhero thing comes out. And um, okay. the same thing is what sunk the Golden Army, the second Hellboy movie. It came out a week before The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. sure. yeah, not when, the way once, to go. Once the um the twenty five week run of that that movie's <laughs> dominance was over, no one really wanted to come back for Hellboy. <laughs> God, I love Hellboy too. <laughs> God, I love that movie. It's so the good. day I die. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> so patronizing. <laughs> oh, you. George. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> no, they're good. They're good movies. Well like done. Them. George likes it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, number five. Venom producer Avi Arad reveals that the film was always planned as PG thirteen. <laughs> I got a long quote from him here. Um, Yes, okay, let's just get, let's do it. Yeah, just um, read it out. To me, R is not a consideration. Can you get away with not R so that other people can see, <laughs> so that younger people can see? I made an animated show. There was a lot of venom in there. It was in 94, uh, 1994, that is. There's no reason to put in violence. To define what venom is as violence, he's not. He's the lethal protector, which is a very different thing. We want to be really true to the comics. Today in CGI and stuff, we can make venom bite your head but we don't have to show the head going side to side like that actually tastes good. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is that you finally understood. Is this a bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? What, the, what was he smoking? You know what, this okay, guy, this, can you imagine this? You, you're a director, like you're, you're Sam Raimi, and you're just like listening to this, uh, this guy just talk in circles and bullshit at you, and you're like, wow, this guy is paying me like this is uh this is gonna be hell i just want to contextualize I, he's not american born so i don't imagine english is his first language but um he has been the producer on the spider-man movies since since raimi um and he's he's always had some wacky ideas about where the franchise should go but he's, he's taken blame apparently for venom's yeah. portrayal in spider-man 3 yeah. good that was everyone already knew that so. yeah. yeah but he's actually gone ahead and said my bad yeah Nice. Well, that's that's good. That's um, encouraging, honestly. And despite the um, the winding ridiculousness of this quote, I do agree with him um, in in the sentiment, which is what I've said before. Yeah. Uh, and you guys were very worried that the film was kind of shot as an R thing, and we can only take him at his word here or not that it was but not no, no, I, shot as I, an R thing. I don't believe him. And I'll, uh, yeah, I don't believe him either. Because <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Because if if it was always meant to be PG, then they should have just come out and said that right off the bat. But yeah. there was all this hoo-ha about, oh, is it going to be R? Is it not going to be R? It's going like, to be R. It's going to be gritty. It was, it's going to be violent. Yeah, if it was always yeah. going to be PG-13, just come out and say it. So don't give me this shit about like, oh, yeah, it was never going to be they R. They leaned into it at the right time. So it was like a PR move. So they could maximize the amount of exposure they got through all those little releases. 
of uh, information. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all a, a whole lot of bullshit. But I do, I just, I really do agree with the fact that Venom is not defined by being an adult character. Like he's a Spider-Man character. It's fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would it, just want to see like that's fine. Like why can't we see? A more mature version of it, though. Totally. And I, I, know, I, again, like, I'm not defending this film specifically, but The Dark Knight is PG-13. A guy gets a pencil put through his eye in that movie. That movie feels mature as anything you yeah. would watch that comes out. But that's, but it's not, that's it's not defined levels. by violence. It's not defined by violence. Exactly. Yeah. It's a more sophisticated tonality. Yes, and there's no way saying this movie is going to be anywhere like exactly. that. But I, you can make something for all audiences yeah. that can feel like that. Look, for sure. I agree. Like if, if their intention really was from the start to do a PG-13 film, then I'm fine with that. That's okay. I, I don't need Venom to be an R-rated film. But I want them to get all their ducks in a row, essentially. I, I want them to be able to say, yeah, we set out trying to make this vision and we all had a, a, you know, a succinct idea of what this is. 100%. And we went forward with it as opposed to the shit show that we've gotten so far, which is, is it, isn't it? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Is it part of the MCU? We won't know. Not until later. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. And then can't they, believe like, a Sony production's been a shit show. And, <laughs> and, they, and they, like, they go back retroactively and be like, yeah, we've known what we're doing all along. Like, no, f- <laughs> you did not. Yeah. Don't give no, me that shit. Agree. So it is it part you, of the MCU? It, uh, it took you like over no. 10 years to admit that you <laughs> fucked up the last Spider-Man film. Don't give me this shit now that you're like, oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. Fuck you. Yeah, when's he going to take credit for the amazing Spider-Man movies? <laughs> It'll take another five years before um, he gets onto those. Anyway, I want to... Nip that conversation in the bud because we will have seen Venom by next week. We'll be doing our review for it. So oh, for real? all of these questions, are you will, kidding All me? of these questions will be answered. Oh, <laughs> um, we are that Venom. should be a very fun one. I'm I think. excited. Yeah, we should have a few bevies for that. <laughs> yes, please. The review and the movie. Um, now let's finish up with some some lovely news. We got some some more of this recently, but now we're getting even more. So. Um, a Kingsman prequel entitled The Great Game is on the way and will reportedly star Rafe Fine. <sighs> More Kingsman. We got two for the price of one. How good is that? They're really <laughs> doubling down on this franchise. Oh, they're also doing a TV version, I think, and a spin-off so, or something. I may, may have asked this last time, but was this Golden Circle like financially successful? It did, it did well 600? enough to justify, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, maybe it, it did well enough to justify a third, but also doing a prequel and also doing a TV show, that seems almost excessive. Yeah, I'm not sure where the kind of general populace is on this franchise right now, because the second one took away all of our goodwill yeah. oh, towards easily, the franchise, yeah. no doubt. I mean, I, I, I didn't go so far as to say that I, it, it affected the way I saw the first one, but it certainly affected whether I wanted to see a third or fourth one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't want to see any more of this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what uh, Ray finds great casting, but yes. uh, there's no there's no need. We've we've seen a really great Kingsman film. We don't need any more. Are you listening to me, <laughs> <laughs> movie studios out there? Seriously, get it together. We've got a great one. Leave it at that. So annoying because I watched that first movie and I was so in for a sequel. I'm like, yes, this could be a great running franchise. Like, just keep doing this at this level of quality and I'll keep watching them. Like James Wan movies, you know? And then they did it and it's like, you fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. And how did you do it this badly? Like, how did you... How did the same how people did you go do these two a, things? A nine out of ten to a three out of ten. You know, how? Three out of twenty, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it's impressive. It, it, it blows my mind. 
But it, I mean that like it just it happens that way. Like you know the the one I always go back to is is the Hobbit of like that's the same guy. <laughs> it's the same you know it's the same effectively the same world the characters like everything kind of blends in together one trilogy is among the best and the other one is among the worst like how does that happen it's crazy i was watching some of the lord of the rings yesterday i was seeing the the parallels in the construction of those films but i was like how does the other one look so much worse than this and is so much worse in every other way and that's the really weird thing like you see scenes that are quite clearly like the, the only way they could have done it is green screen um and you're like well but this looks 10 Times better than the green screen in The Hobbit. That, you that know why? boggles my mind. I think if you went and compared the number of VFX shots in each, Hobbit would have a higher proportion. But do they you know why? Did, think- they did like how? How about that bit? Um, I, I turned over to you, Connor, and I said, "Like, there's that shot of Gandalf and Frodo, uh, Frodo in the, in the in wagon, the, in the in the cart, yeah, and that's all done through forced perspective." And I was like, "But how did they do that?" Like, like, how you look they at the, do, the behind the scenes? Yeah, and it's all weird and like it's so spectacular. And- I, I don't want to defend all of it though, because there is that shot—the first full shot of the entire fellowship—and oh, there's oh, like, four yeah. kids standing yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, was that even like yeah. super obvious on the big screen? Because oh, I remember watching no, it on Blu-ray it- and being like, "Holy." I, I found it, it doesn't more, look that bad though. I found like, it more um, noticeable when I was watching it home on my TV, which is like relatively okay. high def, yeah. and you know, like it's. Then there's bits where you see hobbits walking with Gandalf, and you see him yeah. from behind, and there's clearly little yeah. children waddling along. It's yeah, so and funny. I mean, like, look, the, I would rather watch that yes. than some like yeah. hasty CGI bullshit yes, completely any day completely um, because it just looks real. Like, I, like in my brain, I obviously I know it's not real. Like, I know it's a kid. In a in in that, but I, I just I appreciate the tactile nature of it. Um, but yeah, I think it I, to kind of answer my own question. I guess it it came down to the time that they had. Like, and you're talking about those VFX shots. Like a lot of the things that um, I think they were able to do miniatures, and they were able to do a lot of um, uh, clever shots was just because they had the time to develop the sets and work everything through. I don't think they had that with The Hobbit. I already yeah. thought I hated Kingsman. Now it's got us talking about The Hobbit. So it's yeah, just yeah. the ultimate <laughs> sin. <laughs> yeah, so, Anyways. Okay, so I've got a list here. VFX shot race. So this is the highest number of VFX shots of all time. And... it's mm. interesting. The Hobbit... An unexpected journey has two thousand one hundred thirty-five shots. Desolation of Smog sitting at two thousand. Smog. Smog. Battle of Five Armies eight one thousand eight hundred thirty-six. Now let's see if Lord of the Rings. Okay, Return of the King had fifteen hundred. Two and towers. Two like towers that. had eight hundred, and Fellowship of the Ring had four hundred and eighty. Wow. So there you go. That show, that's four times so, as many. There you go. That's my fellowship you should listen to me. <laughs> should listen to me, this motherfucker. But, the, but this is my this is my thing. So I think the, the volume reason... of VFX shots is so much lower, and they have more time to perfect those. But this is why I think that the VFX rate was higher with that. It's not because they needed it to be. I think it's because they didn't have the time to be to prepare tactile real shots. I, I have a they, feeling. I that, think no, because you look at something like the Lovely Bones. And, well, I know, I know for for almost Peter for Jackson, a fact that it is though. Because Peter Jackson loves pushing the envelope. He loves green screen. He loves movie tech. He does, he but he also loves he miniatures. The so same also, with all these guys. The same with Cameron and Zemeckis and Spielberg. They've all, they've all moved on to this new toolbox now. This yeah. this digital stuff. They, they, but then no, but no we, one makes we it. We like know they used that to. he didn't have time, 
and that he wanted time. He asked the studio for more time to get this shit ready, and they said no. Speaking of time, what time is it? It's trailer, trailer time. time. <laughs> You've ruined my Loaded segment. up, Carter. <laughs> yeah. So, got a quite a few trailers this week, so let's get through them. Uh, one of my favorites of the week, Dark Phoenix. P-O-E-N-I-X. So, not X-Men Dark Phoenix, just Dark Phoenix. Yeah. It's so, they've re- gotten X-Men out of the title. Um, I mean, where do we even start with this trailer? This is I I I watched this and then chatted with you guys very briefly about it afterwards and I think we all came with the exact same comment which was that this just like looks like X3 all over again. It looks yeah. like a remake of X3. Which is insane. Yeah. It's really insane. I mean, and look, I don't know why they thought it was really important to address that storyline again. Um it's bizarre. I mean, I mean, I get it. It's a very big storyline within the X Men franchise and, and in the comics and all that. But like, there's so many other things you could have done. Yeah, and I feel like you can do that once you've rebooted it. You know, this isn't a reboot. This was a soft reboot or what? Whatever. What, what was? What would you? What was first class? That was a prequel. Sorry, it's not even a reboot. Pre uh, preboot preboot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, they have also a lot of characters done- and. Tenuous connections to yeah. the original series. Yeah, and then Days of Future Past was split the timeline. Split the timeline, but also connected it directly to the original yeah. films um, in a way that they didn't necessarily have to do. Yeah. Because all they had was a war love for that point. I, I absolutely love Days of Future Past. Me too. But everything that, that's done for the X-Men franchise after that has been... It's just really done a doozy on the franchise, I feel. I don't think it's that movie's fault, though. I think that movie is one of the most, like, in terms of potential for a sequel, it's the most squandered I've ever seen any franchise. Yeah, it's kind of spectacular, Because that movie is it? followed by Apocalypse, which I think is easily the worst movie of all the X movies. I know everyone has their own personal least favourite, but... Um, <laughs> um, we should go through them and rank them. We should. Um, but it, on that on that note, I think X3 has got to be the most universally hated of all of the X-Men movies, just because it was probably the biggest exposure any of the bad X-Men movies ever got, because it was following up one of the best. X2, yeah. Yeah, and was probably the biggest disappointment, certainly at that point in the franchise. Most definitely. Um, and I don't think it, it is at all near the bottom of the list of these movies, but um, I think other people think it is. So I don't know. Stand. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, th- I don't see why they would possibly be doing something so similar it just it just the shots we've, we're seeing in this movie. There's like yeah. you know they've it's gone like to like shot for shot type like the shit. suburbia. Yeah, yeah like it's like, like Jane's childhood home, presumably yeah. and the house getting destroyed and the team confronting it. It's what the fuck are they thinking? Do you yeah. think that there was then, a bit of it that them saying that we can do this better? Yes, like we were, definitely. You know, like them just saying like, oh, we'll just readdress this yeah. timeline. They're we'll- saying, listen, Phoenix, everyone knows this shit. That's the thing. That's all it is. It's the only X Men story anyone can name. So we can do this again. This is how we do it. Pitch goes on, somebody signs the check, and here we are. I think they've Do given you know, up on the, the older fans, like anyone who was there for the original yeah, trilogy. They're be. like, no, fuck it, let's just make the same thing, but for the yeah. younger audiences. And then a new generation can hate X-Men yeah. again. Yeah, unfortunately. Do you want to know what I, I got really frustrated with with this trailer? Is um, the whole uh, Magneto thing. It looks as though they are doing the same thing with Magneto as they have done with every other film. He's stepped back from the, the life. I so he's, hope he has another family that gets killed yeah, in this one. Like he's, he's, out <laughs> really he's like chopping wood and they're like, come and on. Finds him and he's like, fine, I'll, I'll come like, back into the world. And you're like, no, we've we've watched you do this again and again. They killed Magneto's and again family. And you bastards. Again. Like it's 
<laughs> I'm so if that is if that's the way that they're going with this, and it looks as though they are, I'm so uninterested. So in that. what what is actually happening with Magneto is, and I I think it is still going to be the same thing you're talking about, but he's setting up the island of Genosha, which is his his kind of uh, mutant nation state in the in the comics, which is interesting, not at all. But I don't think this franchise, as it is, is ready for something like that. But um, that's that's what they're going for, I guess. Mm. And oh. we, we haven't mentioned the biggest news about this, which is yes. the day after the trailer came the out. The day after. The movie got pushed back, what, three or four months? Yeah. Insane. And Gambit got announced as a romantic comedy and with a release okay. date. Okay. Oh, I heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. are they thinking? <laughs> so literally, Dark Phoenix drops, and then uh, February 2019 is the release date. And then You're- the next day, they say it's pushed back to April or something. I know what this is. They're playing chicken with Disney. They're like, hey, these are some properties that you're going to want to use someday. You better get this shit like bought and ready to go. Otherwise, we're going to continue making all these batshit insane <laughs> properties. And then they're like, they, maybe they're just calling them on a buffalo. Like, Fine. I'm going to make a remake of X3. Disney's like, no, nah, you wouldn't do that. That's insane. No, but like, why would you release the trailer and then the next day change the release date? There's no. It doesn't make any sense. It's a shit show. I think what they're doing is they're just trying to salvage any money they can. They know this is a write off this film because the franchise is effectively canceled now that Marvel's taking it over. Um, they just they've just slotted this into to they've put it into a computer and said when is the most money we can get out of this piece of garbage, and they've <laughs> they've just chucked it in there and and I I think if if you had to pay to go to see this film, and oh. yeah I know right um and you That's didn't have me, to man. review it, would you have any interest in seeing this? Just Honestly, I'm yeah. a comic book weirdo. Yeah, yeah, I, I watch all of these things. Yeah. I watch Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. I watch yeah. anything at the cinema. No. But I've seen it. I <laughs> know oh, I've seen it too, but I, I don't think I went to the cinema for it. it was, would you go to the cinema for this? Yeah, I probably would. I I've worked at cinema for so long. I don't. I can't even. I don't know. I don't understand what it's like to go out and pay for a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. If I had to pay for movies, hell no. Yeah. No. It would be a complete waste of money. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Going on from that, we've got Fantastic Beats: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, we've got the final trailer for this um i don't even know when this comes out it's gonna be pretty soon end, end of right? year-ish yeah. november-ish yeah so um give a bit of background you have a bit of a sorted past with uh yeah fantastic beasts george betrayal betrayal well you, yeah i mean that is true you, you did, did betray you, you did betray the film by not <laughs> completing it jk um, you betrayed me <laughs> so uh love your favorite harry potter fan from <laughs> this is um yeah, I, I went and watched the first one. Uh, we talked about this no, a few didn't. times on the podcast. You watched like 20 minutes of the first one. Yeah, and I raged so hard <laughs> that um, I said, I can't watch this, and I left. Uh, yeah, it was just a pile O. You know, it was just the worst. And um, I got to say, I've got to yeah. say that this trailer has got me excited. This is a cool trailer. It's a good trailer. There's a lot going on in it. It looks like, I said, it looks like you sort of cut together a compilation of four or so different Harry Potter movies because of the sheer vastness with creatures, settings, action sets. (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of the thing that that put me off this trailer was that there seemed to be so much happening. Like there was just so much color, so much noise, so much location, like just characters and it was almost just as though the people that designed this trailer were like let's just every scene let's just hit yeah. him with something new yeah. and at a point my brain just shuts off but like nope 
No, I will not be dealing with Luckily, right that, that strategy has worked for me this time. I think also seeing Hogwarts has also worked well. I think that sort of brought me into this. The thing that I thought was really cool was um, Dumbledore looking into the mirror of happy thoughts that everyone loves. Mirror of Erised. You sure? And seeing uh, young Grindelwald in there. Uh, they brought back the same actor from the, the, the Harry Potter movies, didn't they? They may have. He looks I, very familiar. I, I, I think okay. it's him, yeah. Um, which is which is cool, a cool little connection. And uh, that's an interesting story that it looks like they will actually be hinting at. So they, cool. that caused a little bit of controversy early on when J.K. Rowling said that they wouldn't be dealing with the, or directly dealing with the relationship between um, Grindelwald and, um, and Dumbledore. Grindelwald. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> that's just how I say it. Get, oh, no. get used to it. Um, and... Um, and, and like, then no, that sparked a little bit of controversy. We want full-on penetration. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she she did say that, look, it, it is going to make an appearance in these films. There's five films, and it will be dealt with, just not in this one. Um, I wonder if they went back and, and reshot some scenes um, to put that in there, or if um, that is oh, that was always going to be alluded to. There's five movies here. They've got to... They've, that's, well, they'll get to it, yeah, yeah obviously. But um, but yeah. this the, she's sparked some fresh new controversy. Yeah. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Have you seen no, this? Have you heard of this? We, <laughs> don't, we, don't say yes and then no. no I is mean, it snake I, related? Yeah, it is snake related. Yeah. So this is Nagini. Um, Nagini, yeah. There's a, a bunch of people that is a human. person. Well, not even that, but they're like, and I'm, maybe I'm just missing this, but they, they've said that, you know, this is a terrible, like, retcon of making Nagini a, a woman of color, um, which, like, to me is, is a bit, I, I, like, I don't understand it, but it's caused controversy and people are upset about it, so. The, the 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 thrust was that the um the only uh Asian character in the series other than Cho Chang. Yeah. So this is the only one other than that, and they've made her like a a snake. A, a slave and a snake, yeah. yeah which is yeah, I I can the, But the, it's the, also a bit the, the main the main issue is the homogenous nature of the the rest of the cast, essentially. Is that you know, you have one person representing um, Wasn't wasn't yeah. the, the president of the um Look, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. The the one thing you I will say up. is, I know, I know. Uh, no, no, I was going to say something else, but I'm, I'm not going to jump into that. The one thing I will say is that she responded, um, you know, to this whole um, issue of uh, um, retconning. JK. Yeah, was that that Nagini is actually based off a? I think it's a Vietnamese or a a Korean word or, or something there was like an actual connection there that actually made sense she was very quickly corrected on that too oh was she really oh, yeah oh no she got fucking body slammed into the twitterverse man. <laughs> um destruction yeah anyway all that stuff aside um speaking purely of the story i really like the idea of uh this character who becomes nagini and a hawk yeah. eventually i think that's fucking I'm really intriguing see, i'm interested to see how that works was she a maledictus is it Th- that's called, what they're yeah. yeah which is someone like with a blood curse that means they'll eventually turn into an animal permanently yeah. i think that's really interesting it, it but it's going to not be a big focus in this oh probably not we'll see it's going to be you're going to get as much as you got like that's it like you've got you've, that's, <laughs> that's that's the that's one it. scene that's the exploration <laughs> yeah. of it so you the, know, the I, I origin. that's that's my um you know my prediction yeah <laughs> i'm just saying conceptually i find it very interesting and it will be interesting to see if they do anything with it yeah. No, I'm I'm oh, born oh. into this one, man, and I, I'll try and watch the first one again without you know 
throwing something through my TV. We've got to get Genuinely, together sometime. Yeah. We do have to like sit you down and make you watch Tie you down. I, I would even love to like for us to do a little review. Yeah. yeah. Even and, and if it's in the beginning half of the episode, you know. Done. Um, Let's do it. You know, I just want to destroy that film, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Can we, you know can what annoys me about this as well is how much... Like I, I've said, I've only been positive on this on this trailer. A couple of things that annoy me: um, he looks so similar to Sirius Black, Grindelwald. Like he, it's just what it's like the look, the look, his look. I know he's got white hair, but if you literally <laughs> traded that for black, he would look exactly the same. He, I don't know. I'm just feeling like a lot of. I feel like a I lot of retreading gets- and repackaging of. And, and that's what I feel like this whole Fantastic Beasts exercise is, is, um, you know, taking something, repackaging it, and it's coming out with something a lot more mediocre. And what are you talking about? I, the one thing I, I would mark as a strength of Fantastic Beasts, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be a huge defender of it. I liked it. That was about it. But um, I do think it was very different from the original mm. uh, Octilogy. Um, like, I, it doesn't feel at all to me like, uh, like Force Awakens did. I mean, they're not do, really do, retreading do put that, steps at all. No, but do you put that down to like the fact that it wasn't set in a school? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but we uh, look, you know, adult characters in a completely different setting, different time period, mm. uh, different different plot. Like it, it didn't like. Yeah, it would be so in easy to be like, hey, let's look at new kids in Hogwarts yeah. again. In yeah. terms of remaining in the same world with relatively similar constrictions on what they're able to do and not able to do, like, I mean, I think they did a really good job of diversifying. Um, the the plot or, or or making it a bit different. Um, yeah. And I, I have no idea what you're talking about with the whole serious black thing. I did not get any parallels at all. You don't? Not even slightly. Yeah, I mean, just aesthetically, I think he looks like I, once he's he's, he's got all clean bright and white hair. <laughs> yeah, but I, I said trade that, and he looks very similar. Like he's same kind of like sunken face, beard, you know, real shabby looking bastard. Mm. Yeah. I didn't hate him in this trailer, though, Johnny Depp. Obviously, the whole world hates Johnny Depp now, but um, he could be an effective villain Other since they Potter. do. No, he's yeah. into him. Oh, Johnny Depp. I love Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> we're never going to agree no, on he Harry loves Potter. It. Did you get that? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, it's recorded. We got it. Um, we're never going to agree on Harry Potter until uh, they adapt the cursed child, I think. Then, then you guys can finally be happy again. Um, next on our list is Creed 2 is that the official title for it yep yeah good yeah Creed II excellent Um, (laughs) this is uh, we we are all on the same page where we all love the first one right hated it you really (laughs) he looked a bit like I think he looked a little too much like Sirius Black (laughs) that's racist um no, I, I we we all really enjoyed it. I think we were all a bit skeptic, skeptic, a bit worried um, with the change of director. That's the main thing, as far as I'm concerned. Ryan Coogler is the star of Creed, yeah, the first one. Um, and I think just I think Creed in itself was a bit of a risk, and it feels almost foolish to be like, let's take another risk on top of a risk. It was just—it was so much better than it should have possibly well, exactly, been. Yeah. So it's like, why are you risking this yeah, again? It's kind of like the whole Toy Story Four thing. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got away with murder. You already stuck don't the go landing. back <laughs> to the crime, like the crime scene, and do it yeah. again. Um, uh, so yeah, look, but if the trailer is anything to go by, I'm excited. 
And I think it'll be good. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I like the the sort of generational thing they're exploring in this series. mm. I think there's a lot here... It's the narrative seems to be going in an interesting direction. If with you, the Drago, yeah. If you told me that story. narrative just kind of on its own, I'd I'd say that that's the worst idea. Ever. It does sound lame, doesn't it? It sounds so bad. Like you're literally just rehashing. It's presented effectively in this trailer, and it was and bought that's, in. That's the big thing. Like it, it, you have to see the trailer to kind of go. All right, this feels like it could be its own thing. Yeah, how contrived it is didn't even occur to me watching this trailer because it was done so well. Yeah, there there was something on the back of my like on the in the back of my head being like, this is highly controlled. Like this is just you. like yeah. <laughs> George getting ready, anticipating the discussion about Fantastic yeah, yeah. Beasts. Um, that like it just it it kind of it was just at the back of my brain, like just yipping away, just being like, this is this is silly. But watching it, you you kind of get swept away with it. You're like, oh look, this could silly as it is, it could work. I'm in. This movie could slip by without me ever noticing. Which is so weird because the first one was probably my top five of that year, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I love the first Rocky. I think it's a masterpiece. I love Creed. I think it's a masterpiece. I haven't seen any others. Oh, <laughs> and I'm just I'm in no rush to. I don't know. It's just. I mean, they're all worth watching. Yeah. Um, Except what five or six? One one of them. One of them's meant to be absolutely horrendous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you seen them all? You're on the series. Um. Oh god! The last time I watched a Creed film, or sorry, a, a Rocky film, was probably oh nine years ago. Wow! Like I, I watched them. You know, I watched one, two, and three when I was really young, and then four and five, I think, when they came out or something like that. But they're really old films now. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, I'm actually I'm I'm fairly excited for it. We'll see how it goes. Um, getting through this. Uh, next, we've got Daredevil, Daredevil season three, um, little teasers, uh, both featuring Fisk. One with Fisk talking, um, him just doing a little bit of a monologue. Very cool trailer. Um, if I were to criticize anything about it, I'd say that it might be a little bit of overacting from Fisk, but that's always kind of been his mo. He's always had such a weird. Stunted way he's, of he's yeah, very delivering his lines. It's great. You know, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Got, he fucking owned that character. Yeah, I, yeah, I disagree <laughs> Whole, wholeheartedly. I, I mean, fair. And I laugh That's in your funny. face for that opinion of yours. Yeah, well, I, um, yeah, I like the kind of bubbling up rage in his. Yeah. He's just like dude, pissed, man. Yeah, no, I like it, it's not bad. It's just it's always kind of been on the edge of overacting for me. Like I just I feel like oh, that at any second that could become corny. Um, but he's always seemed to rein it in relatively well. Um, and then the other teaser for that was just this, uh, really cool music, um, and a, a cool shot of going from Fisk getting dressed over to, um, Daredevil, Matt Murdock, uh, throwing what looked like, so this is, I couldn't quite see what he threw into the fire. It looked like a bloody shirt and I thought it could have been Fisk's shirt. So I'm very curious to like, if I were to make a prediction, his, his sunglasses, his glasses, and he also had like a white shirt or something. Wasn't that his law? I thought that was his like his law lawyer shirt. <laughs> his lawyer shirt. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that where it's going? I, it like, might be. I, can I don't never know. remember don't the ends of the where these shows I don't end. Know. Um, Matt Murdock's currently dead. So yeah, I think well, yeah. I think Presumed he's like dead. fully becoming the daredevil. I think yeah. he's like throwing away of his normal life. Um, and, that, that's and how just, I yeah took it. 
That makes more sense than what I thought. <laughs> I like in my head. In my head, for whatever reason, I thought that that looked like Fisk's shirt that we had just seen him changing into. And my thought was that he was going to go full Daredevil, and he was like in the first episode or two, he was like kill Fisk, and That'd then cool. and then uh, you know that would be the kind of reveal of like the new villain, um, and a bit more of like an internal struggle with uh, you know how he goes forward. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, it either way, very cool trailer, very atmospheric. I dug him. Good little bite-sized teasers. You got so much Luke Cage and Iron Jeez. Fist. I'm gonna have to get through to to get on. Yeah, this. get on that. Look, I think that you'll if, if you jump back onto Luke Cage, I think it's worth powering through. Yeah, it's been it's been on my mind for a while now. I just it just don't don't have quite enough enthusiasm to jump on. You know? I know, it's I know, like, and it was tough oh, for me. How to do get, I want to spend the next hour of my life? Yeah. Um, but it, I think it is worth it. Yeah. Um, and get through Iron Fist just for the um, for Colleen Wing and and Misty Knight. Yeah, it's very much worth it. Um, is that all we're we're all happy with that? Uh, on to Burning. Um, is it Korean film? Isn't it? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> hey, yes quite um, a splendid trailer. Really rather looking forward from this one. <laughs> Yeah, so Stephen Ewan from The Walking Dead uh, stars, uh, who I love. Um, fuck that show, but um, he's great. Uh, this would look cool. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. Uh, it's a, a few years ago. I got really into Korean cinema. Um, I sort of you wouldn't ha- shut up about it. Yeah, I was, and you didn't want to be my friend anymore. No, we didn't speak for two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, dark times. We don't talk about them on the show. But it's it's a. Uh, it's a genre in of itself, and it is like the level of sophistication that South Korean films uh, they have. It's it's really impressive, and how they also turned around the whole um, domestic uh, box office, and how they threw a ton of money into you know filmmaking, and you know it was very similar situation to Australia. I think it was sort of like five percent box office was attributed to domestically made films and 95 mm. was external and South Korea managed to make it sort of almost like 50-50 or something. That's great. Don't quote me on that, but, <laughs> you know, they, they pumped a bunch of money into it. Yeah. They really fostered some talent and uh, you can see it. Like, the level, like, the cinematography in this trailer is, is beautiful. I, I think it, I'd love to go see this. Yeah, I'm, I'm really keen. I, it's, it's so mysterious, whatever it's going for, so I don't think there's much to really speculate upon, but it looks cool. And getting some really good reviews so far. So okay. 94 on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb nice. is 7.7. Is this a Netflix or a cinema release? I believe it's a cinema release. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah. yeah. The, tra- the trailer itself gave nothing away. No. no. <laughs> More of an exercise in tone or yeah. whatever. Mm. Um, cool. Uh, and finally, we've got uh, this is for you there, George. Star Wars Resistance, yeah, uh, a final trailer, I guess, or first episode. If I'm I was not like, sure what this if was. I was sort of six and a half, I would be losing my shit. <laughs> really right keen now. for this. Um, uh, uh, there's nothing in here for me. Twenty-two year old George would have been very excited about this too. Twenty-two, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, possibly, Look, possibly. The, the show aside, by the world. Can we just talk about how strange this trailer was? Because this. Like it was a long trailer, and it just highlight reel. (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird highlight reel. It's like they'd run out of trailer material, and then we're just putting random shots in by the end. Yeah, (laughs) just like random like lines from halfway through lines. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't have anything to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, then in that case, why don't we move on to question of the week? What about Holmes and Watson? You missed that. Oh, hell yeah. You Did had, I just jump? Had, com- I completely jumped job. over that one. <laughs> I am so sorry. We've got Holmes and Watson, uh, which is... John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are back, baby. Yeah. So uh, how do you feel about that pair? Love it. Love it. I'm across it. I'm around it. <laughs> so they, they've it. got um, stepbrothers and Tallahaga Knights and... Tallahaga Knights. Talladega. Talladega. Whoops. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> um, is there anything else that they've done like, like, as that kind of pairing? Or those the two? That's all I mentioned in the trailer. Yeah. And I don't have a memory, so... They... Well, what I'm really digging about this is the more of the physical comedy... Mm. Because uh, one critique I have of Will Ferrell and comedy in general in 2018 is that it's very much like sort of quippy, like uh, roll camera. We're going to get 45 takes Mm. and we're going to stitch together the best one. And then we're going to show a different line in the trailer (laughs) and it's going to be a different line in the movie. Mm. So, you know, like I feel like it's a very sort of ad libby. Off the cuff, the uh, uh, mumblecore, and I'm awkward, and uh, you know, and I'm, what I'm digging about this is like some of the visual gags, like where he's got the club and he's hitting the mosquito or whatever it is on the beehive. Yeah. Like that was like a good sort of visual yeah. styling using the medium but of film. Their style has always been exactly what you've just described. Like Step Brothers is quite clearly just them ad libbing in front of the camera for like half a day until they get something that's funny enough to put in this film. What else has Which Will, is Darrell, always, Will Ferrell done recently? That's just his style. What, what has he done? Yeah. Oh, Christ, I don't even know. William Ferrell. <laughs> William Ferrell. Um, Will Daryl. Oh, God. What, what about you? What's your take on this, Benny? Uh, I thought it was pretty funny looking. I, I'm, I'm an easy sell when it comes to dumb comedies. Um, I think The Other Guys is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I can watch that movie, start it again, and watch Which the one? whole thing, The Other Guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Um, Talladega Nights didn't blow me away, but uh, Step Brothers is come on, it's a classic. I okay, The see- House? The House. Would, oh, The House, yeah. Would that, what would that fit into? Would you say that had more of a... I would say that was that was more of a Z grade garbage fire. Okay, um, there was no. It was definitely one of those ad libby ones. And yeah. Daddy's Home as well, ad libby. Yeah, Daddy's Home I do find amusing. I haven't actually seen either, but the bits I have seen, I, they always make me yeah. chuckle. But uh, yeah, the house was definitely that ad libby stuff. But they just they must have done thirty takes instead of forty five yeah. because they never got anything good. Okay, so there we go, Connor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Were you making a point or something? I'm very confused. Will Ferrell um, looks a bit too much like it. Serious Black in this trailer for me. Yeah. Um, it really bothers um, me. It might be a bit of a controversial opinion, but I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Step Brothers, um, particularly when it first came out. I haven't actually revisited, um, I think, since. You should. Um, yeah, but I, I did not. I, I found it profoundly unfunny. All right, we're, ch- we're chucking that on as a double with uh, Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, and I think it, a lot of it has to do with that style. You call me Nightwing. <laughs> I, get, I get a bit bored of like that style of comedy. You know who's great in that as well is... Um, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. The father. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that was a two-hour <laughs> Oh, God. That's one of my favorite jokes to be, oh my God, in cinema amazing. history. And then... Um, the brother, the brother. What's the fuck's um, his name? Scott. Yeah. Um, uh, Scott's his last name, isn't it? Is, it, is that his last name? 
just keep Parks and Rec. Just keep talking whilst I okay, um, talk, talk, talking away. His having a chat. Name Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah. He is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he is such hilarious. a good douchebag. <laughs> And I love, love when he pulls up his abs and it's clearly a body double. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped for Holmes and Watson. Nice to see them back together. Mm. That, that's about it. Yeah. Question of the week. This comes from your boy, George. Cool. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, actually. How will, how would you, how would you approach X-Men integrating into the MCU? What would be your perfect way that you would like to see Feige, Disney, and those entities take that franchise and slot it into what we've had the past 10 years. So to clarify, when you say slot the franchise in, are you saying taking it as an existing franchise and somehow blending it into the MCU? It's a reboot. Or a complete reboot, like new casting, new storylines, nothing no, to do with what's previously No Patrick done. Stewart, no James okay. McAvoy. In that case, I think you just got to start... Um, focusing on the storyline of that there are mutants and and have mutants start kind of from here on in because or maybe even say that they've been flying under the radar for the last you know 20 odd years although having said that i really dislike that idea Mm -hmm. Um, but just from a from a you know practicality or practical standpoint that's probably how you'd have to do it um but yeah i I just riffing on that do you reckon they could do some kind of, like, um, maybe there's some mechanism, some kind of explosion, a nuke or something where we get some that's introduced through an event in the MCU? So, yeah, what, what I would like to see, my, my dream here, and this is a cop-out to the question, is that they wouldn't integrate the X-Men into the MCU, that they would exist as their own separate franchise. I've always loved the X-Men um, more than more so than even the comics is just existing in a world that doesn't even have superheroes. It's just mutants in the real sort of world. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. But if they had to do it, um, I think a convenient way to do it, which they would never in a million years do, and everyone would hate it, would be just saying we've already set up the Inhumans. Let's just do Inhumans instead, because they have that in Agents of Shield, whereby um, the Terrigen uh, mists get out and start unlocking the the superpower genes in people. So the idea in the MCU is that there already has been a bunch of people who have started kind of developing powers and, and turning into, you know, beings like this. Um, they're a perfect stand-in for mutants, essentially. Yep. And you could just forget the Inhumans TV show ever happened. Just fuck them right off. Yeah, and, I think uh, it and to you be could be something like that. Yeah, and you could have a team called the X-Men who's just made up of Inhumans, because why are they called the X-Men anyway? Because Professor Xavier, apparently, according to first class. But you have to have, like... You have to have those characters. You have to have Wolverine. You have yeah. to have Professor yeah. X. You could, and you just say them in humans, okay, instead of mutants. Yeah, like or would, what, what were they but, called? Because they so already you wouldn't they call already them have X Men. You call them the Inhumans. I call them X Men. But instead of being mutants, they'd be Inhumans. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's just a name change. It's just a classification. Yeah. Because right now they're referred to as enhanced. Enhanced. Yeah. The, From Ultron. They've, they've they've already introduced. Can we just can we just X-Men continue characters. on with that? Like, do we yeah, even I, need they, to... They've only said that in re- reference to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, but uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I, that, that's the most... With the current setup, that I think is the most elegant way they could do it. Okay. Even and how would you do... But um, how would you do, like, the story, Wolverine. you know? How would you... 
Like, just have honestly, they been existing, or is there a one-off event and then like everyone starts appearing? They, they've they've existed all throughout history to like small degrees, but right. then there was this kind of this ground zero event okay. that sort of really. Um, yeah. bump their numbers up. Yeah. Now it's becoming an issue, and then you you start off with this just the scene, the third scene maybe from the first X Men, which is the yeah. the Senator Kelly at that that press conference or whatever it is, yep. doing a seminar on the X gene and and these this rising issue of mutants appearing in society, and then you've got Professor X and Magneto there in in the background. That's such a good scene. Yeah, it's That's such a good way to frame that world. Yeah, I always like. I think you could even make that more sophisticated and double down on those themes. Mm. You know, that's where I want to see it go. Yeah. And, and in, in this working already pre-existing universe of, um, you know, superheroes and all this stuff, you could make the X-Men even more like outcast and, and freakish. Yep. Like everyone just hates that mm-hmm. shit. What, what about even, um, you know, how do I explain this? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Somebody's gonna have to jump in. I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm not sure what you want us to do here, yeah. George. Um, <laughs> Let's keep the conversation going whilst I figure this out. <laughs> the calculations out. flying yeah. above your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I, the big question would be how do you introduce certain particularly big characters, things like Magneto, things like Xavier, because they have a fair amount of backstory. Um, that predate a lot of the the existing X Men, like as as it is in the current. Um, They'd universe. have to completely rewrite them, rewrite them, because there's we're past the point where you can keep making Magneto a Holocaust survivor. It it's not really going to work, just for time. Yeah. Like unless the MCU version of World War Two happened in the seventies. Well, okay, so this is what I was trying to get at before. Um, what if you did a Captain Marvel kind of thing where you said it in the eighties? You know, you said it in the nineties. Yeah, because then, but then it'd just be like, would it be about mutants? Would they just have existed the whole time and no one's ever mentioned them up to this point in the MCU? Because I hate that. Like, unless it's really small scale. Really yeah, small scale. But if it's really small scale, then who gives a shit? What's Xavier doing? He doesn't have this huge mission to save like what ten people in the world. Like, yeah, maybe one hundred fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it could be the- like I mean, if you were going to do it like that, you would you would presumably have a very similar style um plot sort of i guess to um uh the first uh, the or uh, first class sorry mm. and you could have it where uh, Xavier and um uh and uh, Magneto like they they find each other and it's about them exploring their powers and them you know on some kind of mission um, and you could have like shield in there or you could have anything like that where they're separate from shield. Um, and then when they, when they pass off, they both go to go collect to see if there's anyone else like them out there. Mm. And um, it all gets covered up, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you know, happens the, in the if, if anything the gets out leaks, then that gets covered up by shield. Um, and they go and they, and they, and, and what happens in between then and the current MCU is they've, they've just been going out and recruiting, the very few people out there that are like them. I'd yeah. love to see like something similar to the first Avengers, you know, like six, seven, eight different mutants, you know, a small little crew. Then you, you can have at the end, you can have a flash forward like uh, Captain America did in the first one. Just, you know, it's time to reveal ourselves to the world or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that working. I just, I, it's, it's so annoying with this franchise because the X-Men franchise is such a mixed bag. It's so some of it is just like, I'm so ready to fucking scorched earth that whole thing. But other parts of it, are so p- 
perfect and definitively done. Like, I can't imagine any scene ever being as good as that at first Wolverine cage fight. Yeah. Like, what more do you need to know about that character? Uh, I can give you brilliant. a scene that's as good, if not better, as the Nazi hunting with um, Fassbender. That's like, that's such an iconic No, awesome but I mean, scene. in terms of like readapting this oh, franchise yeah, yeah. and these characters, like, I can't imagine anything better. Like that scene I just mentioned when, when you first see Xavier and Magneto talking to each other, you know, and it's just get this whole history with them in this world is yeah i, I don't know and the, the other problem it's is like they've been me. really good with the casting so far of of those two characters like i mean if, if you're how gonna they, try how do they get that so right uh, twice oh. pretty much ever the casting across the board in the x-men series has been at least the original you know cast was really spot on not the new one at all <laughs> yeah let's look at it uh <laughs> yeah patrick um, stewart you know ian mckellen uh, Hugh Jackman, really great. Those uh, three Berry. are like... The- Halle Berry was spot on casting, I thought. Aaron hates Halle Berry. Um, I, I love her she didn't, she didn't do anything, really. Like, I she love really hates her. She's got that weird African accent in the first one, like I a really it. half-hearted... Yeah, and then the next one, it's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I reckon Kelsey yeah. Grammer's in the top five casting yeah, of the X-Men ever. Yeah, the movie sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So there's some musings on... MCU. Mm. Tell us, guys. Tell us in the comments below on YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram. How would you approach X Men in the MCU? You know, give us a massive. You know, I'm talking like 600 words minimum yeah. responses. Uh, if if it's not that, I don't want to see it. We'll do a special see, episode. We'll read out every single yeah, one of every them. Every single one. Yeah. It's either that Connor or will a do GIF. It. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two. One of the things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week for the weekly movie show. It's gonna be great.